It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. Our attention to MMA. I'm delighted to say Will Flory is back with us in the studio. Will, how are you getting on? Yeah, good. Congratulations. You won a belt since we last saw you. Well, yeah. So uh, that was over in UAE, or in UAE Wars in Abu Dhabi. Um, so they're a fight boss promotion. Be a fairly kind of it's a good belt to win because it means you're kind of on the coast for getting into UFC, I suppose. Okay, and that's the whole point because last time I think you were with us, you were still with Bellator. So I, not to get too much into the politics and weeds of it, but like um, uh, fighters need to be business people and desperately need to manage their career properly to make sure you get the opportunity. So what was behind leaving Bellator and going to the other promotion? Uh, I had a six-fight contract with Bellator. I fought my six fights out. I was told I was being re-signed once the contract ended. That was in September 2020. Um, and then by about February 2021, I was like, this contract isn't coming true. What's happening? Because of COVID and all that, they were saying, oh, we're delaying our operations. We're not doing as many fights in Europe. Right. My visa application was going through. Um, they were like, pending your visa application, we'll send you the contract. And then about a month later, I found out, oh, we're not re-signing you directly but we're still very open if we're coming to Europe we'll be working with you and then eventually it kind of became like a, we're not re-signing you right. um, now to be honest at the time I was kind of happy about that nearly because it opened up the, like I wasn't tied to a contract anymore I thought I'm a free agent now you know I've done well in my contract I can go out and put myself on the free market and there's going to be opportunities there there wasn't because of COVID basically um, so 2021 was tough you know, it took a long time for anything to happen. Basically, so a fighter with no fights, basically. Right? That was pretty much the position most people were in. Yeah, we, we, we were just talking to Nicholas Roach a little bit earlier on, and the quote that sprung to mind was, uh, "Athletes die twice: once when they lace up for the last time, and once when they actually die." You're in the middle of your career, you think, and it's like you know your identity is definitely bound up in this. So, what was that like? So, like to be honest, when the original lockdown happened, I thought it was going to be a bit of that as well, um, but I managed to fight three times in 2020. And I still fought once in 2021. It was a year gap. I think it was September 2020 to September 2021 I didn't fight. But it was tough. Like, I was lucky in a way because I had a bunch of young lads who were coming in training with me every morning and I had a really good coach who was coming in with us every morning. So we were still progressing. And in a way, that period of time was massive for progressing as, you know, a technique, like a fighter. But you need the purpose. You need the fight. You need the thing. You know, it's what keeps you alive. Like so, that was tricky. Yeah. Is there any way that you can bank that now as something that makes you plan for life after fighting? Sort of. Yeah. I look. You. You're definitely like. I've always had an awareness. This isn't going to last forever. It's a very short window, obviously. But at the same time, it's kind of made me hungrier to make the most of the window that I do have, and it's been frustrating to not be able to make the most of that window. So. Uh, that's the, the the low point. When do you start having conversations with the other promotion? Um, so I fought originally, or after the Bellator contract ended, I kind of put myself out there, got on to every promoter I knew. Um, I got a lot back, but everyone's saying, oh, we're waiting on authorization to do this, and we're planning on doing this during the summer. Very little of that actually happened. Um, and then one guy over in, he's a Polish promoter, but it was in Bulgaria, he was doing the event. So I managed to get a fight on that event in September of 2021. After that, I broke my hand. I displaced fracture of the middle metacarpal. Uh, so it was a pretty bad break. And that happened like first minute of the fight as well, which was annoying. Um, 
but after the handbrake it was you know 12 weeks out I wasn't even like I wasn't fully back until about you know two three and a half like two and a half three months later um, and then it became a thing of like Christmas there's no fights in January Yeah. so it was all about what's going to happen in February and I was on to a couple of different management crowds I signed with Ruby Sports they seemed the most kind of consistent and they seemed the most honest and they were like yeah we can do things but you're not young and you know if you do well we can get you in um, so they got me a title shot straight away in UAE Awards which was a great fight to get I smashed it so I'm on the cusp now and so on the cusp means so that that's a kind of feeder tour essentially for Basically, UFC yeah, yeah. Um, now they don't see themselves as that but that's essentially what everyone uses them as okay so it's realistic the UFC is, is on the horizon yeah definitely and I'm not the only one there's a few of us in Irish MMA who are right on the cusp right and what does on the cusp mean how, how, does, how do you teeter over see a lot of it is management a lot of it is like who you know and how they're going to get you in um, now like I was pretty reluctant to sign with anybody because they're going to take a percentage of what you earn and you're already you know <laughs> it's not exactly the best paying sport in the world anyway I had a pretty good contract with Bellator so I was doing alright out of that um, I wasn't paying a management fee I was giving John his fee like you were managing uh, yourself or getting basically, yeah. yourself and John Cavanagh yeah yeah. and uh, then it came to the point where I'm not really getting the opportunities I should be getting for a fight with my record um, so I did my own thing for that fight in Bulgaria I know a lot of people in the game anyway and I'd be good at getting on to people so I thought oh, I'm going to do well out of this nah you need to know the right people <laughs> and like yeah. managers have the game sewn up a little bit that's how they make a percentage out of this yeah um, so I went with Ruby Sports and it looks like having won that title should be a pretty good bet me getting into UFC pretty soon okay and how does that process work is that like a is that a multi-fight contract is it a one-fight contract is it like a you, you get a chance at the UFC and if you do well they'll they'll double down and give you a longer period how does that work just depends yeah right depends that's all up for grabs yeah basically okay like and it depends on your position going into it what sort of contract you'll get and how long that contract will be and that sort of thing okay uh, what do you hope happens when, when do you hope to fight next um, so I do have a visa that I didn't realise like I I had approval for a visa through Bellator to fight um, in the States yeah okay uh, so a P1 I had a P1 from 2018 to 2020 uh, I reapplied for my P1 in 2020 when it expired uh, so that expired in June 2020 I reapplied around September time uh, I actually had that approved in around September of 2020 I didn't realise that but I never got the visa printed because of Covid and because everything was going on um, you've got some experience with the uh, the vagaries of the um, uh, visa system Owen yeah yeah it's an interesting it's a minefield oh with the states yeah and they treat you lovely when you go in as well um, but basically I have to just physically go to the embassy and get that printed now right. and then I have like a two or three month window with a visa um, so if I can get in straight away that way great if not I'll probably defend that belt and if I can get a finish defending that belt I'd imagine that'll be straight in but you don't know nothing's guaranteed anymore no of course and if if you were to fight in the UFC like um, when you're looking at the level of fighters who are there at the moment how do you feel you, you match up against them very well yeah like look that's the reason you want it so badly you're looking at guys and you're thinking well I've the skill set to completely dismantle these guys I've trained with a lot of guys who are in the UFC you know it's not a different thing they're the same fighters they're the same people it's just a different brand and it's so much more like look every young lad gets into MMA because they want to fight in UFC someday 
um, that's still always been my dream and I like I suppose I feel like I owe it to myself to go and give myself a legacy because Bellator wasn't really that and that's no insult to them you know they did a great job they paid well they just they're weird promotionally they don't really they're looking for kind of like fake superstars and it just doesn't work whereas with UFC if you're legit enough you go in and prove it and they'll give you the opportunity as long as you're legit enough so this is my chance to go and prove that was UFC on that trajectory as well for a while the creation of fake superstars and have they gone more legitimate to use that phrase uh, there's always been a bit of both yeah. so like you look at they tried to bring like her CM Punk and they have other guys coming in that they're kind of protecting but in general after one or two fights you're going to get to a point where you're going to have to be pretty good otherwise mm-hmm. you're going to be found out and say even likes the stage Norcutt uh, he was a guy who was like really touted coming in looked incredible like serious athlete had like some very fancy kicks and they got him in and they got a few grapplers and they absolutely smashed him and he got caught fairly quickly after that and he fights for a different crowd now so if you're not good enough you won't last Mm. and that's always kind of been they'll bring you in they'll use you for a little while and then you'll get thrown to the wolves and if you're not able to deal with that best luck Mm. Uh, I guess from Bellator's point of view then as well there was from from your perspective some really high points like I mean I remember watching you there right before the pandemic in the the three arena when you had that win like those sort of moments to to get to another point where you can experience that now and get that adrenaline rush how important is that? Huge yeah but like I kind of want to surpass any of that Um, there was some very special nights in the three arena and like it was a good buzz but it's about kind of look are you one of the best in the world and that's always what I wanted to prove so fighting in the three arena yeah it's incredible it's an unbelievable atmosphere but you can win a fight in the three arena and it doesn't mean you're a class fighter I want to go out there and prove that no I'm going to achieve way more than anyone in Irish MMA ever thought I could like uh, can I ask when you are a fighter without a fight what's motivating you when you're going into training every day that knowing that you're going to have a fight someday mm. and even say mid-pandemic there where it was fairly obvious you weren't it's kind of that desire to just get better like you're competing against other lads every day anyway so if you have someone who can give you trouble you kind of want to go back in the next day and get an edge and you know work on that tool that's going to be able to stop that guy giving you trouble there's always little things you can find motivation in and some of it is just like well I love doing it and you know if you're if you feel like you're progressing in anything you're going to keep going back to it and you're going to keep being kind of drawn back into the thing mm. so there was a few things I found over the lockdown that I was kind of getting a good bit better at and I started to kind of nearly get hooked on it and once you've got progress you're hooked into it like what kind, what kind of stuff sorry so just like my hand speed was all like something I really wanted to work on um, so I was doing all these drills at home and it was just an easy like I bought a little freestanding bag that moves around and I was just working my hand speed load um, and that was just something I spent like 45 minutes half an hour every day kind of just tipping around with and then I'd be going in so we were fully shut down for a while obviously during 2020 um, but as soon as we were back doing a little bit I was kind of meeting up with a lot of lads in the morning we'd do a session before the session just because we only had the one window and we normally have the whole day to train uh, so it was just like a two hour window in the morning so we'd go in early we'd drill we'd like move around with each other and you'd feel like, oh, I'm getting that a little bit. I'm catching that a bit earlier. Or like even leg locks was something that worked a lot over lockdown. And like you could feel your brain just knowing things eventually. 
where it's like, oh, this was conscious for ages, and now it's kind of a subconscious yeah. skill that you've acquired. Like, yeah. So that's the the benefit of uh, of training. Is is John Cavanaugh still your coach? Yeah. And uh, what kind of involvement does he also have then in, in helping to shape your career? Because he's obviously seen everything and knows how the whole business works. So, say with Bellator, he'd have a large involvement. Uh, with most of the other crowds, less so. But it depends. Like, it just depends who the promoter is and how much he'd know them. So yeah. it's kind of like it's personal relationship type of thing. Yeah. Um, but say with the bigger promoter, like, you know, with UFC or with 1FC or with even UAE Wars, it's kind of through your management you'd be dealing with those and you're kind of paying them for connections, basically. That's the whole point of having them on board. Basically. Yeah, and it's probably a better thing as well, like, uh, to have a separation between the coaching and the management yeah, is important. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of your record at this stage, right, uh, like, you haven't actually fought that much as a professional over the, the course of your career. So, you're, you know, it's not like... Um, there's the old phrase oh, that team can't go to the well too much you still have a bit left loads yeah that's how I feel anyway what's, what's your like what's your own kind of time frame here for the next couple of years uh, in terms of like is there a cutoff point where you go okay that's my best shot has been given or is it like like is there an age or is there a number of fights I don't think it's an age like I thought when I turned 30 that I'd feel different or that something would change and thankfully it hasn't if anything I've become a better athlete since it's not a field sport. It's not where, you know, you lose that half inch on running down a pitch and you're just not as effective anymore. Like, I got better timing than I did two years ago. I'm probably faster at most of the things I was doing two years ago than I Like, I'm probably faster now than I was two years ago. Um, and if you look, most of the guys at the highest level of the game, they're mid to late 30s. Now, I'm going to base it on how I feel and how well I'm doing because... If I can make a legit living out of this and, you know, like, get to where, like, I see myself, uh, then it's going to be good times and, you know, why not milk that a little bit? Uh, but if you're showing up and you get your ass whooped and, you know, it's not the way you saw it all, well then, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. You know? So, fair enough, you understand. Yeah. yeah. But like, and it's kind of a binary thing. You, you'll know yeah. from the results. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be fairly obvious whether you're doing well or not. Like, um, so. Yeah, that's the brutality of the game, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, the style, like, and has your style evolved to be more commercial as you've got older and you've realised that actually if I'm going to do this thing, I need to win in this way or... Sort of. So like... In the middle of my career, I had a lot of fights that were submission victories and where I wasn't really hurting the guy on the feet. Um, my last two fights, like I've dropped, well, I dropped the Bulgarian, like in Bulgaria, I dropped your man three times. In the last fight, I dropped your man three times as well. So six times I dropped. Now, I didn't finish either of those guys. They were both decisions. I have the excuse of having a broken hand both times. Um, but it is an excuse. There were still ways there. And I look back at those fights, and I was like, there's still opportunities there. Uh, but I didn't get hit on the feet once in any of those fights. I dropped my opponent three times each. Um, I've definitely, like, look, even just... I've, I feel like I've kind of brought my game to a point where I'm not going to get fucked up by... Or, like, I'm not going to get challenged by what you're doing and I'm going to find my way of hurting you. Uh, and that's been the case in the vast majority of my sparring and... I've like I want the chance to prove that basically, and you can talk all you want, but 
I've done it and I want to do it in public the, the talking is actually also part of the fight game in a weird way where you, you need to talk some stuff into existence are there specific UFC fighters that you have uh, in mind fights in, in target like is that something that you can call people out and it becomes a thing and that will help you to get there yeah, or? I think when I'm on the roster that's something I'll be starting to do but for now it's about getting your foot in the door and whoever they want me to fight, I'd be willing to fight. Yeah. You know, so it's not a thing of like, oh, that guy, I want that guy badly. Because then you're going to be calling out some guy lower in the division. Okay, great. What's some win against somebody who nobody really cares about going to do for you? Yeah. Get me in. Match me with whoever the hell you want to, and I'll smash that guy. And then we can start talking. Yeah. So otherwise, it's, uh, it's empty talk until it's real talk, and then it's real talk. Yeah, and like, is there a time frame for that to happen? Is it when you say you're, you're teetering in the brink? Is it like you'll know in the next month or two? I would hope so, but again, it's obviously an unlimited time. As in, like, what are you going to go and do in the meantime? Like, will I defend that belt in Abu Dhabi? If I have to, I will. Yeah. Go back, smash a lad there. Then you're in an even better position. Say, if I get a title defense, uh, they're talking to me about some Brazilian guy who's also 10 and 3. If I get a title defense against him and knock him out, I'm pretty much in is the way I'd see it but then what, it, there's no guarantee either no so then maybe defend that belt again okay you, if you keep proving it like if you are this and you keep proving it eventually it's going to happen yeah I, I, you would hope so the, the other thing is that the game is so weird and, and difficult to get into that like that's the whole benefit of having the management company right yeah and they seem pretty competent so I have faith in them and I have faith in myself how, so. do you, how do you judge how competent the management company is when you're ringing around so I signed with these guys because the matchmaker with Brave um, who I fought with years ago back in 2018 is now running part of this like so he's the guy who I deal with on a daily basis and he just he's an extremely competent I know him personally um, and he was one of the few people I met in MMA that I was like well he's a matchmaker he's nothing to do directly with me but I kind of trust them because there's a lot of sketchy, sketchy folk in this game. Like, just about to ask, like, it's kind of more the, the that that is the he's the exception to the to the norm, basically the competent guy. It's it's mostly incompetent people or uh, I wouldn't say incompetent, but like shady and like you know you'll be used as a tool to get someone else where they want to be and that sort of thing, you know. And like that's life, that's everything in business, you know. But in a way, if you get somebody who you see as being honest and who you know, look, this person's seen me do well in the past they know what I'm about they believe in what I'm in and they'll work for it so yeah uh, you, you said that it's great to win a fight at uh, the uh, three arena but it needs to mean something it clearly felt like uh, winning a belt in Abu Dhabi was something that means something for your career so did that did that have a was that even more meaningful could you take in that experience yeah it was, it was class um, like you know I suppose having something physical as well like you got a belt and it was a cool like yeah. it's fucking pretty well made and like it's very heavy and like everyone I give it to is like whoa yeah it's a real thing yeah uh, that's nice but it's satisfying for a pretty short period of time like that's great you've won this right what's next um, I can do so much more than that like the guy who I beat I'd already beaten it kind of does take away that sense of achievement um, like he's their light heavyweight champion as well and the whole reason they started doing this is because they wanted him to come down and win two belts right and I was like, well, do you think he's going to beat me? And I absolutely, like, wasn't close at all. <laughs> like, um, but, like, there's a satisfaction in that, but it's gone quickly. And I feel like I, owe it, like I have a lot more in me. 
and I owe it to myself to go out and show that like what's your selling point to the UFC when you're having those conversations is it that you can bring an Irish audience in the States is it like I imagine it's my management more that are having those conversations but more that look this guy will just give him any opportunity and like that seems to be how they work if you're not coming in with a massive profile which I'm not like let's be honest you know like they don't really give a shit about me or care about what I am but at the same time I'm a legit fighter who'll show up whenever you want and fight and take on anybody so it's kind of like if there's a hole in a card we can slot this guy into that hole then if you go in you show what you can do oh shit you're in the door yeah that's that's how it works you you, you get one shot one opportunity as the song goes <laughs> there you uh, go. so how is the hand uh, yeah it's like there's a small fracture and uh, it's kind of like affecting the movement of my wrist more than actually my hand so that'll like it's four weeks since the fight or three and a bit weeks since the fight I probably have another like three-ish weeks of healing and I can do quite a bit during that three weeks. Yeah. So I've like, my last break was a lot worse. I was in cast for like... Is it the same break or is it a different No, break? no, totally different break. Okay, yeah. okay, well, that's uh, good. Yeah, it is, yeah. And yeah. like, you're unlikely to break the same bone twice if you let it heal properly because the bone's going to be calloused. Is that? Like, you know, I had a huge lump in the middle of my hand from the callus of right. the last bone healing. Okay. So that's just a big block of bone. It's pretty unlikely to break that again if you get me. Okay. So all is all is good in that front and um, hopefully you'll hear in the next month and then hopefully a fight in the next three months? Yeah, I'd like to fight during the summer. So say like kind of June, July, August time. Um, and then again by the end of the year would be great. All right. Well, well, we wish you the very best of luck, um, and maybe you could be the next Tipperary person of the year. After oh. that was that was <laughs> nobody's rooting Rachel Blackmore for a while now. Anyway, I think so. I don't think so. I think she's definitely going to be for the next couple of years. Maybe if they win All Ireland from this position and knock uh, Limerick off their perch. Yeah. But um, Wouldn't you know, hold my breath. <laughs> uh, a UFC belt. What might get you there? Off the ball's the best. Number one. It's the goat of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time, Big Joe's greatest of all time he's the goat we know it I'm going to say I'm the Djokovic of this scenario (laughs) I love it love it download the OTB sports app now